down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 173 of the Art of War Demon podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri, of course, as always, at Nauseam. I am joined by uh, Scotland's current big rig, the <laughs> absolute gent of the scene. Um, I never know if it's Sipe or Seep. Oh, it's Sipe. The only people that get that right is uh, is uh, Germany, because it's a German name. Somebody ever pronounced it the first time, and I was shocked. Absolutely shocking. But his first name is Brian, if we didn't mention that. And uh, he's enjoying us from the wilds of... Uh, the Northern British Isles, I guess. And but he is you are a native of which state of the states? Uh Maryland. Nice, nice, nice. Crab, um, crab and we, I actually yeah, really want to try the crab cakes. I'm a I am a crab cake enjoyer, thank you very much. It's a it's a good I'm allergic and I still eat them all the time. <laughs> how how allergic are we talking? Like throat closes yeah, over know, or like, just... like it's not it's not deadly. It's you know just just enough to be uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable <laughs> enough that I'm gonna stop eating crab. <laughs> To not not be worth it. Anyway, we are here to disseminate, breakdown, and review the Thousand Suns Index as this mad lad is taking them to the World Championships of Warhammer, which you would have you will have hopefully tuned in and enjoyed coverage of, if not attended, the weekend prior or the week prior to this episode coming out. So this is the week after, but I'm recording it two weeks ahead because I'm going on holiday and I'm not taking all my gear with me. But I'm joined by this wonderful luminary, and in part two, because this, of course, this is Art of War Down Under, this two-part podcast, I'm going to break down why Brian decided to jump shift over, over you know, Eldara, CSM, a myriad of other amazing factions, and chose to take T-Suns. We'll be unpacking that in addition to answering both your listener questions and talking about the meta of the event and uh, some of the spicy takes therein. But Thousand Suns is the name of the game. But before we get to that, Brian, uh, tell us about some of your affiliations so tell us or, and or plug anything you feel like you need to, mate. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm living in Scotland, which means I'm I'm good friends with uh, Ennis Wilson, and so I'm a huge fan of Stat Check. So I want to give them a give them a shout out uh, if you want to listen to them. They're fantastic for a lot of uh, higher level 40k content with respect to kind of how the meta is shifting. Um, and then uh, of course I'm, I'm part of uh, Team Ignite, uh, which uh, just took down the Coventry uh, Super Major this weekend. That I was I was at with Thousand Suns as well. Liam VSL nice. um, on a tear with Chaos Space Marines, unbeatable apparently. Um, and uh, along along with a bunch of our teammates, uh, you know, Vic and Dave also run the Fireside mm-hmm. Podcast, uh, which is just kind of a more relaxed uh, discussion of you know kind of how they approach tournaments and what's coming up. But I'm sure they'll uh, be doing a podcast on covering Liam's win at Coventry. Uh, Pretty soon, and Vic's uh, undefeated run of sisters as well this weekend. Yeah, did six did did um did Vic win the the uh, the two day event and Liam won the three day event? Is that right? Or uh, so the two day didn't have a playoff, so there were three undefeated. So Vic got okay. second, I believe. But uh, uh, Liam uh, played eight rounds and beat Manny in the finals. Um, nice, and just well an done. incredibly impressive run. Turned me inside out during one of the rounds as well with the pair up. Unfortunately <laughs> for me, that was lovely. <laughs> Rough. Well, there you go. Well, he's uh, he's undefeated across two super majors in in the UK right now, Liam Vercel. But he did not take him to the world championships. He took Death Guard, which is a yeah. uh, whole. Well, he's completed forty k. So he's just Sorry? playing on a harder difficulty. He's completed forty k. So he's just playing on harder difficulties now. <laughs> he's restarting. Yeah, he's turned the, turned yeah. it off to nightmare. Restarted <laughs> again. We'll see if we can play getting playing ad mech on hell mode. You know, um, but. 
let's jump in and talk about the T-Suns, mate. So what is your first time you cracked open this index? And of course, it's gone through a couple of iterations, a couple of nerfs. But as it sits right now, give us your first impressions of uh, the current state of the index. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, I first got interested in T-Suns after uh, Vic's run at WTC, um, the World Team Championships, where he took a very character-heavy base list of lots of rubric marines mm. and it was an incredibly impressive army. And after the latest balanced data slate, they shaved off about 200 points of that. Um, so you lost a couple characters, um, which we'll get into why that's a bit, you know, of a of a downgrade. I mean, I thought I thought at the time Vic played it, it was probably the second best army in the game. Yep. Um, you know, behind Eldar because they were well Eldar. Um, but uh, uh, although I felt like they had a good matchup in Eldar, interestingly enough, losing 200 points hurt but actually and we'll get into this again a little later one of the biggest changes that really really hurt them was the change to uh free stratagems mm. um and so so they they've gone from kind of the second best army in the game to a lot of people discounting them but I actually think that's kind of unfair i think there's still a lot of juice in that um in that army and i think uh similar to as i said for wc um a little bit of spoilers there's some good matchups in the meta yeah, I do. I strongly believe uh, right pilot, right list. They have uh, a really good play into the majority of the best armies in the game at the moment. Um, and you say that perfectly in your first sentence. He, very hero heavy. They are the hero hammer faction of the game at the moment. Usually eclipsing the thousand point mark with uh, HQs, if not the eleven hundred or twelve hundred point mark, um, which is a crazy thing to think in the, the the way the game is played at the moment, where you need so many units of, are able to do so many, any myriad of so many things per turn. You know actions, getting on objectives, deep striking certain ways and points and places. But the fact is that if you position yourself well enough and take the right units, you can do just about all of that with the most basic of Dusty Boys. It's quite impressive to see it happen on the table. But we're going to jump into the um, detachment, so the army rule, which is the Kabbalah Sorcerers. This essentially, if you've if you've traveled with this through uh, 9th edition, it's very similar to where they left off. This is an internal um, resource mechanic akin to, you know, I guess, Fate Dice or, and or Miracle die similar, but these are cabal points. And instead of them being generated at the start of the game, they're generated at the top of every uh, command phase for your your in command phase, and they generate them uh, equivalent to how many psychers and, and what they contribute to throughout the game. They're also it's all denoted on the data sheets. But that creates your pool of cabal points, and then of course you can expend those to do things throughout the turn, throughout the the battle round, etc. Um, before we jump in and uh, break down what each of these options are, because there's five of them, is this a good mechanic, mate? Is this a good thing for the faction, and does it work as intended? Uh, yeah, I think it's an incredibly interesting and cool mechanic. It, it requires you to kind of resource manage without too much bookkeeping um, throughout the throughout the the game, which is kind of an ideal way to handle that kind of a that kind of a um, a, a tool. Um, and and some of the s- very subtle things they've done here um, have uh, really really helped clamp it down so the economy doesn't get out of control. If you want to say the kind of cabal point economy, uh, for mm-hmm. example, specifically. Um, you know they they exclude battle shock models and also uh it happens you actually accumulate your points at the end of the command phase which will come up with one of the enhancements later um which is which is pretty important so that's after you've also generated or done all your battle shock tests um yep. and you know things like people in transports don't get affected either or generate cabal points so you know what you what you're exposing and what you're not is uh is a constant constant you know decision um tree that you exactly have, right. have to navigate all right, there are five of these. We're going to jump into the first one, Weaver of Fate, which is a two cabal points. They all have the psychic. They all have psychic in brackets next to them. 
I don't feel I find that completely unnecessary, but here we are. Uh, use this ritual at the start of any phase. Once during that phase, when a saving throw is failed for a friendly Thousand Suns model whose unit is within 18 of this psyker, you can re-roll as that saving throw. Seems pretty good. Seems not too bad. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be expending it for anything less than it's going to lose me a primary or you know something like that. And if it's the last damn roll that I need to make for the unit, but the, having this feels pretty good. Is this something you use often? Yeah. So a, a lot of times, um, be, because all of these, there's no one point cabal ritual. So a lot of times you'll be left with you know three or mm. or four cabal points, and and you know there's nothing that's less than this. And this is two, so it can usually your situation where almost every single turn I kind of I will I will activate this. Um, a couple of things that are really important though is you know it only works on your wizards or psychers. Um, it you can't use it to save a regular old dusty boy like a regular rubric yep. marine. Um, and also you kind of have to call your shot at the beginning of the phase, where one of your wizards says some friendly wizards nearby me get to use this reroll. And so your positioning and kind of picking somebody who's relatively central is pretty important, or where you think you might need it. A lot of times you'll find you'll use it on something big like Magnus, but sometimes uh, using it on a sergeant can keep a squad alive. Which is pretty cool. Mm, exactly right. All right, tell us about the next one. Uh, so the next one um, is temporal surge. Um, also, it's like a keyword for some reason. Uh, so this is five cobalt points, um, and this one is incredible. So you use this at the start of your shooting phase. You select a thousand suns unit within eighteen inches of um, the wizard that wants to use the ability, and uh, unless you're you know locked up in, in combat, you got to make a normal move. Um, you can't charge. But you can do some really funky things with this. So, mm. um, first off, uh, every time you complete a normal move, you can get on transport if you want to. So you can move yep. your guys out, do something. We'll get to that in a minute, and then use this ability to then get back inside your transport to be safe. It's almost like a fire invade. Um, you yeah. could use it to um, move around a corner. You could deep strike a unit, um, like say you have a bunch of terminators. You could deep strike them down. You don't have an angle to shoot something, and then suddenly you got to use this ability. To move five uh, five inches and see the people you want to see, um, this ability basically makes it so thousand suns can hit and kill anything they want in the game anywhere on the board. Mm. Um, this really, this is such an enabler for the army to work because it has such few data sheets. It needs something like this to take ordinary things and make them work akin to you know a, a unit with a jump hack. Just 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 for the most basics of examples, without this. You are such a slow, static army. It's it's quite mm -hmm. it's quite poor. This is this is, I think, the the true act, the, the one true activator of the army. It makes everything work in my mind. It is um, wild. Next, it is five cabal points. If we did not mention that, um, next one is Echoes of the Warp. This is six cabal points. Use this ritual at the start of any phase. Once this uh, phase, you can select this psychic's unit as the target of a stratagem for zero CP, and if you've already used this stratagem this phase. Now, this is is this something that has been changed and altered in its form to only work on battle tactics? Yeah, it has, um, which is big when we get to the strats. Um, one of the more expensive ones isn't a battle tactic anymore, but mm. there's still some good battle tactics used for this, and being able to use it twice is uh, is a pretty cool ability. You're not using it as often as you used to, but it's still pretty useful. Excellent. What's next? Ah, uh, Doombolt's next. Jeez. <laughs> Off you go. Uh, Doombolt. Um, so Doombolt is um, used at the, start of the, at the start of the shooting phase. Um, importantly, you get to choose the order of doing things like that, so like Temporal Surge, you could surge mm. and then doom ball or doom ball and then surge. Um, and you select an enemy unit within 18 inches invisible to the wizard. Um, you roll a d6. And then uh, on a 1, they take d3 mortal wounds. On a 2 to 5, they take d3 plus 3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, you got to just Thanos snap them and do d3 plus 6 mortal wounds. 
Absolutely uh, wild. So yeah. the vast majority of the time you're doing a- approximately five mortal wounds, yeah? Yeah, I'm not sure, then you do four. But most average humans do five mortal wounds on average. Um, <laughs> average humans. And importantly, they're mortal wounds still. They're not devastating wounds, which means they roll over. Yes. Um, it's one of the, there's not too many mortal wound mechanics in the game still, um, especially at this level. So this mm. is really good at taking out a lot of chaff units and stuff like that. And it also doesn't um, get blocked by things like loan up. So you can catch mm. people out sometimes if they're trying to keep their character out in the middle and can't be shot or and just come out and, you know, mind blast them away. <laughs> Really, really cool. Also, I love the fact that it still does something on a one. Like, yes. on a one, it still does something. And uh, not only does it still do something, it doesn't hurt you. Like, mm-hmm. usually on a one, you take D3 mortal wounds, but instead on a one, it still does something. It still does a little bit of what you wanted it to do. I think that's a, a huge. And I've seen people just praising high heavens when their doom balls pop off and just uh, absolutely mm-hmm. clean up. Um, last one is Twists of Fate. This is nine cabal points. Doompot was seven, by the way. Um, use this ritual at the start of any phase. Select one enemy within 18 of invisible to this psyker. To the end of the phase, armor saving throws cannot be made for models in that unit. My Deathwing Knights do not like this one. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. It's um it's a really strong ability. Um I think this is one of the abilities which sometimes newer thousands of players can actually fall into a trap of using too often. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's, it's it's nine cabal points instead of seven, you know you could you could be doom bolting instead. So you really have to ask yourself how much value are you getting out of turning off a save if they have, for example, inbound saves. You know if somebody has a two up save and most of your mm-hmm. weapons spoilers are going to be AP one or higher in this army. Um, you know how much of an advantage you're really gaining by taking from threes to fours. It might be worth it, um, but it might be worth it just instead to not give them a save at all for a couple models and get more value out of that. So the kind mm-hmm. of analysis is important. But sometimes this is absolutely game breaking. For example, there's this unit in the game that people play. I don't know if you heard of it called Wraithguard, but they don't have an inbound yeah. save. So uh, being able to, you know, flick off their save and then suddenly they just collapse to pistols. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I also love that this. Well, the, funnily enough, one of the best things I've ever seen done for this is uh, using using small investments of resources to punch up phenomenally. Like you know, one two units of rubrics who would never usually, well, would actually legitimately struggle to kill you know some units that just are basic things used to hold objectives. And all of a sudden, nine cabal points. Those things now do an absolutely hellacious job of whatever you want. You know, uh, it, it like I've seen I've seen things, units like a uh, hearthguard. For Votan, just absolutely vaporized. It mm-hmm. can be really, really, really sick. Um, but those are your five. You go. Don't even uh, discount just using it on regular five man infiltrator squad or something. Suddenly, as you said, kind of like a an afterthought gun, like a rhino, can pick up an entire yeah. squad. Oh, dude, exactly right. And then all of a sudden, you didn't need to disembark. You didn't need to do a bunch of stuff. You just, you know, spend your cabal points rather than spending your models is, exactly. is another way of looking at it like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely, all five of these are relatively good, and naturally they do get a lot better as you go down. But for me, Temple Surge is the best one here. Uh, that that is the bread and butter. Uh, yeah, for sure. Don't know if you agree though. Yeah, it's 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 what makes the army. When I approach every game, I always it's so hard to tell because you'll you'll see this army is really complicated. Well, complicated in the sense of trying to help your opponent understand the different lines you can do. Um, mm. That uh, <laughs> I approach every time I start the game, I tell my opponent, "Hey, look, I can hit you anywhere you want, anywhere on the board. I want to hit you. I will yep. be able to attack you." And it's because of that cabal strategy, cabal ritual. Exactly right. All right, we're up to the uh, detachment rule, which is the the cult of magic, the magic detachment, kindred sorcery. Tell us the story here, mate. How does this work? Uh, so this is uh, a army wide ability that you get to pick. Um, and it will affect all of your psychic weapons in your army, which is 
most of the weapons, except for the kind of the mundane ones that Marines generally carry. Um, and this is an effect that will apply to to all of those things, so all your wizards. Um, and so you can either choose lethal hits, sustained hits one, or devastating wounds. Um, three incredible abilities in the game um, that are useful in different use cases. Mm-hmm. Um, the lethal hits, I think, is one which is less often taken, um, but devastating wounds and sustained hits are both incredibly good. Absolutely. I mean, suppose a sustained hits. Just did you bring all flamers? I guess sustained hits doesn't do anything if you brought Ungabunga flamers in your in your army. But apart from that, it, it's everything is good here. And the thing is, you can chop and change, yeah. Or is it just? Uh, yeah, every you, single turn you can pick a pick a new ability. You just pick it in your command phase. Crazy good, crazy good. I'm a fan of that, show. and I think that is a. It shows some uh, some good change powers for Zinch's uh, fun boys. Yeah, uh, or sure. moving on. Oh, sorry, which one? Which just quickly off the top, which one do you find yourself in the most? Like spending. Your uh, games it's it's usually devastating wounds because importantly yeah. it works on all psychic weapons, which includes combat. But uh, Thousand Sons are an army which really benefits from being able to think about what your your turn and your next turn is really going to look like. And so when you go into a turn and you know you're going to be turning off armor saves or hitting guys that maybe don't that are going to be on their invuln saves, mm-hmm. then you maybe switch from devastating wounds to sustained hits just for a little bit of value. Easy done. All right, jumping down to the stratagems, the first of which is Psychic Dominion. Uh, I will point out there's only one battle tactic strat in this, uh, this you know, Six pack of strats, unfortunately, which is uh, we'll get to in a minute. It's devastating sorcery, but this is an epic deed strat, psychic dominion one CP. It's used in any phase just after the enemy unit has selected its targets. One thousand sons unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of those units attacking units attacks. I love that line. Um, until the end of the phase, all attacks made against your unit with psychic weapons have the hazardous ability, and all models in your unit have a feel no plane or pus ability against psychic attacks. This seems extremely niche. Most likely you're going to be slapping this down ad nauseum in the mirror match. But apart from that, it seems it's it seems really uh, pigeonholed. How do you feel about it? Uh, I thought the same way initially, um, but I actually found myself using it more often than I expected. So obviously you have the mirror match, um, which the stratagem makes it extremely strange. Um, but the uh, you can use it in Grey Knights. Um, it's yep. incredibly good against all those Terminators, for example. Um, and uh, an important use case which will come up often is the Yinkarn's Flamer is psychic. Ooh. Um, and so being able to use that makes the Flamer do almost no damage into your rubric, mm. leads, which can be huge for minimizing the impact that has on the game. And then once every now and then, the Yinkarn takes uh, a couple of mortal wounds. Yeah, and I have a little yeah, chuckle. Dream. Yeah, yeah boy can dream. All right, tell us about the next chat. Um, so I don't have an order for me, so it's but I'll do uh, it's no, devastating. Oh, Death by Fate. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so, Death by Fate is uh, 1 CP, uh, epic deed, any phase um, after a saving throw has failed for one of your wizards, um, and just your wizards, not the little dusty boys, um, that Psyker model can change the damage characteristic to zero. Um, Magnus's best friend, as far as I yeah. can tell. <laughs> it's, it's, incredibly, it's incredibly strong. Um, you get all the information. You got to know that you failed to save. Um, and and when you actually use the CP, um, and importantly, that comes after. So you use the Cabal Ritual to re-roll a save. So you can roll mm-hmm. a save, re-roll a save. Go, oh, I still failed it. I'm going to turn to zero. Sorry. Um, it's it can make things really hard to kill. Obviously, it's really good on something like Magnus against these giant damage attacks. But sometimes it's enough to keep your um, your sergeants alive in your squads, which can be a big difference maker once we get the rubric marines. 
Agreed. I do like distract quite a lot. I think it's very handy. Um, even the stuff like rhinos, like just keeping a rhino alive one turn longer. Can, uh, can unfortunately, be it doesn't, it doesn't work on rhinos. It only works on actual wizards. Oh, psychus. Good, yeah. good catch, mate. Keep me honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Devastating Sorcery is up next. Like I said, the only battle tactic stratagem in the six-pack. It is one CP. It's in your shooting phase. Uh, 1,000 Sun Psyche unit uh, from your army uh, that has not been selected to shoot this phase. To the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit makes a psychic attack, you can reroll the hit roll, and you can reroll the wound roll. Now, this is, comes in very key with an enhancement that's coming up, Arcane Vortex, that really makes it pop off. But uh, this is still just a very good strat, straight up and down, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is... um. It's it's one of the bread and butter strats that I think you you'll find that um, is typically used because you have so many different psychic weapons, and when you get the Magnus, giving them the ability to reroll and maybe fish for those devastating wounds that we talked about earlier is mm-hmm. uh, is is really powerful. Um, it can only be used in the shooting phase, which is unfortunate. I would love to use it in combat, but uh, but still really good. Um, so yeah, absolutely, it's an incredible strategy, and being a battle tactic, it's the one that you typically use for a free strat, which is nice. So mm. doing this twice is pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, Ensorcelled Infusion is up next. Tell us the story, mate. Uh, so this is a 1CP strat um, using your shooting face. Um, you pick a Psyker unit from your army that hasn't been selected to shoot. Um, until the end of the phase, all the um, special thousands of bolt guns, Inferno weapons, um, become psychic and have an extra strength um, characteristic on up to 5. Um, so that synergizes with a lot of elements in the game. So, mm. for example, that strategy we just talked about with the full rerolls of hit and wound, um, that means that you get a reroll hit and wounds there. That works means they get devastating wounds or sustained hits or lethal hits, yes. or whatever you picked. Um, it'll synergize with the magnets when we get to him. Um, it's a lot of ways where you'd suddenly turn like a, maybe a 10-man rubric squad or a Terminator brick into this unit that is just pumping out damage in an incredible way. Yeah, totally agree. I think uh, it, it's an amazing uh, piece of jank. It stitches, stitches a lot of other things together um, in order sure. to just make uh, activate a lot of different bits of your army. All right, next up, Sorceress Might for 1TP. Uh, in your shooting phase, 1,000 Sun Psychic unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase. To the end of the phase, add 9 to the range of psychic weapons equipped by uh, models in your unit. Just uh, Well, you could spend 1CP, couldn't you? And no matter what weapons they've got, they're now psychic and get plus strength, and then 1CP, you got 9 more inches of range. That sounds pretty cute. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great with Balters getting a little bit of extra range. It has a couple interesting breakpoints on the range. For example, um, some psychic weapons are eighteen inches; other ones are yep. uh, are twelve inches. If you add nine to the range, then suddenly you're going up to nineteen inches on those twelve inch guns, which can be a great breakpoint for being able to, mm. after a double move, maybe get out of range of somebody's threat range or or turn a corner slightly. Um, so so the extra nine inches definitely comes up, and then of course Magnus's guns are. Usually twenty four, you go up to thirty three. That's uh, it's quite a bit of a distance, so it's hard to hide from him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I left the best for last for you, mate. Warp site. Warp site. Warp site is incredible. So two CP um, in your shooting phase. Uh, you pick a wizard in your army that, and one enemy unit that that wizard can see until the end of the phase. Each time a friendly a wizard in your army makes an attack with a psychic weapon that targets the enemy unit. All those attacks have indirect and ignore cover. Uh, that Ooh. is bananas. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you're paying for it. You're paying the privilege for it. And, you know, 2 CP is is a rough price point, but is absolutely money. Mm, um, you know, absolutely. essentially, this is sacrificing one unit to kill no matter what unit 
So they could be their best unit, your worst unit. As long as it's a psycho, you'll activate the entire rest of your army and then just dunk at them from safety. Uh, I think this is an incredible strat. Is this, but is this the strat that you tell people about and don't use that often? Or is this the strat that you use like every single game? Um, I, I find I'll typically use it maybe once a game. The fact that you do have to, I mean, the strat kind of works in a way I think indirect should, which is you have to kind of expose a unit to see the yeah. target, um, yeah. which is nice. You kind of have to have some interaction there. Um, but there are some things that make it incredible. Obviously, ignore cover is great and the indirect's great, but it's the fact that your entire, all the wizards in your army got to do this like hive mind link and just shoot into the target. Mm. Um, you know, I was able to use this recently where one of my wizards saw and then i had four or five units shooting into a crisis squad behind a wall which is something i don't have to expose all my units to do and then get hit really badly and instead i can do it from behind a wall it's just incredibly strong cp though i don't know if you guys noticed all those strats are pretty good um so um you're using cp a lot um and yes. so getting through cp is something you have to kind of be planning for and and ready for well, it's a definitely a question I've got for you in part two. You know, how, how what are your some of the chick, tri, tips and tricks for resource management? Because of course, you have the cabal points as well to manage in addition. And like you said, all these strats, apart from the first one, apart from Psychic Dominion, I could see using every other one of these five strats uh, most games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as in, like, I, I can find a way and a reason to use every other one of these. Uh, all right, moving on to the enhancements. First up is Lord of Forbidden Law. Um, Thousand Suns Psychic Model Only. <laughs> I love that in the Thousand Suns Index, they need to say Thousand Suns Model Only. But, you know, we have taught them that, ladies and gentlemen. Us gamers, gaming, the systems, have taught them that they need to do that over yeah, the last year. We can have nice things. Exactly right. Um, the bearer can be selected to use a ritual, so a Kabar ritual, even if another Psyker from your army has already been selected to use that ritual this phase. So does that mean that you can move two units twice? Uh, yes, it does. It's uh, It means you can move... Um, two units twice. It means you can move the same unit twice. Yes. Um, it means you can so doom vault twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it it means you can turn off. Theoretically, you could turn off two units armor saves. Realistically, that doesn't really happen because that's a lot of cabal points. Um, mm-hmm. But the being able to do something like say, move Magnus in movement phase, move him again with a cabal ritual, then move him a third time. Okay, let's Magnus go from your um, home to objective all the way to your opponent's objective yep. in one turn if they wanted to. You can um, again, really bully. Why, yeah, why tell my opponents? If I want to shoot you, I can. I, agreed. Um, do you have how many points this is on the top of your head? Uh, I believe it's 25. Easy done. I will just trust you. Uh, next one is Athenian Scrolls, mate. Take it away. Um, so Athenian Scrolls, um, you pick one of your wizards, and in your command phase, if he's on the battlefield and not Battleshocked, you get an extra cabal point. Uh, it's 20 points. Um, Any good? No, this one is such a... Generally, no. This is kind of the one you don't take. Um, But there are a couple key breakpoints that you really want to be able to hit um, with models on the battlefield. And um, this gets a little into the nitty-gritty of what the army's like. Um, Mm. I consider this for a while because I really wanted to have an army that uh, was hard to interact with in the early turns because of all the indirect. And I wanted to have 14 Cabal points. And I was on 13 Cabal points. And if you just take this, you go up to 14. 14 Cabal yep. points is a double move and turning off an armor save, which is really good against Wraith, uh, Wraith Guard turn one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so so that was like a very niche situation where maybe you take it. But you'll see once we get to the other two, combined with Lord of Forbidden Lore, it's like really hard to argue not to take those ones instead. 
All right, Umbilific Crystal is up next. Is is as it ever was. Much the same as the Veil of Darkness. This thing has been unchanged for six years, going into its seventh year. Um, it is a thousand size model only, of course. Once per battle in your command phase, you can remove the bearer's unit from the battlefield. If you do in the reinforcement step of your next movement phase, set that unit up back anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches horizontally away from any enemy models. So it is essentially it is just a once per turn complete redeploy. So once per game, complete redeploy. Pick the unit up, put it up down, put it down anywhere nine inches away. Um, and yeah, really good. The difference between this now and previous iterations is you can move again after this, yeah? Uh, you can't do a normal move after this because you can't that, but you can yeah. Cabal Ritual to move again, which is quite interesting. Or so, twice, one might say. so spicy. Just yeah. you think your back feels safe. Ah, rubrics are on it. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, a lot Sucks of times people will try and cut like just a perfect angle with a, with a deep strike because they can't afford to do anything else. It, it forces your opponent to really kind of sacrifice things to properly screen instead of trying to get cute and be conservative with you. Agreed. All right, um, and that is da, 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 20, points. Uh, 20 points. Total. Totally. Well, one fair, thing that's uh, that's a bit of a nuance and important for this is because it happens in your command phase and the Cabal Rituals generate at the end of the command phase, that when you do choose the crystal and use the ability, you don't generate the Cabal points for that unit that turn. Because that they're not unit. on the battlefield yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're in the Umbralific. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give us the last one, mate, which is probably the best one. Oh yeah, Arcane Vortex. Um, it's uh, 15 points, so obviously the best one is the cheapest. Um, you pick one of your wizards. Um, actually, just pick a Thousand Suns model, but mm. definitely pick one of your wizards. <laughs> Add one to the strength of damage characteristics of second weapons equipped by that model. So I've seen debate uh, for a long time, especially when this book first came out, about what's the best use for this. A lot of people, uh, I mean... The most common I see is the um, Infernal Master. I have seen it on Exalted Sorcerers on discs before uh, also. I think Infernal Master makes the most sense to me. What about you, mate? Uh, yeah, I think... Um, I mean, just to give some example, it takes them from damage 1 to damage 2. Um, the interactions that this has is kind of interesting. For example, mm-hmm. on the... Um, against, say, the Incarn, uh, because plus damage happens after having, after you actually yeah. do 2 damage to the Incarn with every mm-hmm. one of these. Um, it's a psychic weapon, which means it can be devastating wounds. It's a flamer. Yep. Um, I uh, maybe I wrote just a wee bit hot, but I uh, sure did uh, manage to Overwatch and kill an entire unit of chosen oh. um, with just this guy. It was oh. pretty you love to see it. Nah, they deserve it. They know they know what they did. That's true. Uh, but this is possibly one of the best. Um, I guess, suites of enhancements in any book in the game. You, all four of these are very takeable. And the fact is that you take three just about in every list is absurd. Um, there, there are armies out there that take zero. There are many armies out there that take zero. There are armies out there that take one and only one. Like, you know, Bolter Discipline was the only one that I was ever taking from the Gladius in the, you know, the, the months that I was playing Marines in the, the Gladius. Um, but literally, I've never not seen three. In T Sun's list, you just yeah. If you could slap take four enhancements, you would take all four. <laughs> some people have, some people have tried to take four. Um, <laughs> so, um, really, really, really good. So, your your picks is Athenian Vortex, Umblifu Crystal in that order, or do you have a no? A Lord of Fruit Lore is, is a must take. Um, the double cabal oh, yeah? will let you do some banana stuff. Oh, apologies. Sorry, um, I said I said it the wrong. I, I I meant the wrong ones. Said oh, the wrong gotcha. one. Yeah, um, the, the scrolls yeah, is the one yeah. that unfortunately doesn't quite make the cut because. One cabal right. point is just not enough value when you have such other absurd abilities on offer. 
Totally agree. Uh, that brings us to the end of the rules portion of the index. It's time to talk about spicy data sheets. And the fact of the matter is, there ain't that many. Legitimately, there is not that many data sheets. Uh, of course, we are going to be talking about the two uh, special characters because they're ubiquitous. They go into that every list. Uh, and then I think we talk about the Infernal Master and the Exalt and, and then one other HQ of your choice. And then we'll pretty much just go through the stuff and anecdotally talk about what's good, what's not. Um, but Armin is first off the cat off the ranks and he is pretty, pretty mustache, right? He's he's really good. Um, the main reason you take him is he gives up three cabal points. Um, yes, which is a ton. Is the second most outside of uh, the Crimson King himself. Um, he has a cool ability doing plus one a wound. His output, um, in terms of uh, shooting, is actually a little anemic. Um, he's only got yes. one shot, but his yeah. combat slaps. His combat is three damage. It can be devastating wounds. You can turn mm-hmm. off armor saves. And the biggest thing he does, um is that once per battle, you can actually use that model to do a Cabal Ritual for zero Cabal points. So you want to turn off armor save and don't want to spend those nine points? Easy. Do that. It's you want big. to double yeah. Doom Bolt, but you don't want to spend 14 points of Cabal? Easy. Spend seven. Do free. Um, Question for you. If your army only has eight Cabal points, can you still use this to spend nine and, and turn off armor saves? You sure can, because it just uses uh, the Ritual and makes it cost zero Cabal points. Yeah, baby. That is spicy endgame goodness. All right, let's go straight to uh, the big lad, Magnus. So, really happy. I am just glad, and I'm sure many T-Suns players out there are just glad Magnus is finally worth the damn points for the first... It feels like the first time in a while, but I don't think it's been that long. Um, But tell us the story. Why is Magnus so good? Uh, So, Magnus has a lot of things going for him. Um, First off, he's incredibly tanky. um, T11... 2 plus armor save, 16 wounds. Um, he's got great OC, OC of 6. He's got a yep. 4 Binvon save. Uh, once per, per battle, he can choose, or once per um, turn uh, at the start of the battle round, you pick an ability. Um, he can either do an aura, where everybody around him gets an extra 2-inch move. It's mm-hmm. pretty good when you can move multiple times in a turn. Um, and then, uh, or, or he can do um, an ability that gives him minus 1 damage, um, which Minus one damage. I don't know if anyone has played a Redemptor Dreadnought. Pretty good. Uh, it can really be a great breakpoint into a lot of things. Um, and then is another ability, um, which I don't know if anybody has ever used ever in the history of this data sheet, but at the start of your shooting phase, you select an enemy with a 24 of the Invisible Psyker. Um, and then there's ranged weapons uh, equipped by that unit uh, have the hazardous ability. So Only usually, time yeah. I've ever oh, yeah. seen that used was against a unit of 10 Desolators who had a lot. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to make that unit kill itself, trying to kill my Rubik's on the other side of the table. But, sorry, continue, mate. Um, so, he's got great combat, you know, seven attacks at a high strength, um, high AP, damage three, um, or a ton of sweep attacks at damage one. But the real thing he has um, is four Cabal points um, and uh, great ranged weapons. So, mm. his ranged weapons are two guns, 24 inches, both psychic. Uh, the first one is Gaze of Magnus, where he just you know gives you the death stare, kind of like a photon character. Uh, 3D3 shots, hits on twos, strength nine, AP two, three damage, devastating wounds. And Zinch's Firestorm, 24 inches as well. D6 plus three shots, blast, um, hits on twos, strength five, AP one, two damage. Now on the surface, you go AP two, AP one, I don't know, that's not seems so great. But you combine that with the fact that A, they become devastating wounds, B, you can re-roll those to fish for devastating wounds if you really want to. And C, you can turn off armor save. Uh, mm-hmm. So strength five, two damage with a bunch of shots, 
pretty good in the Marines if they don't have a save. Um, or the three damage shots, pretty good in the Wraith Guard if they don't have a save, even if they might mm. be on a three up and cover. Um, um, does he benefit from his own aura or within six inches each time model in, in a psychic unit makes a psychic attack, add one to the hit and wounds roll? He does benefit from his own aura, uh, which is so which good. is super strong. Um, and then, of course, generating the four Cabal points. And the fact that he moves 14 inches or mm-hmm. 16 if you want to turn on the uh, extra distance um, is how he manages to go across the board. You know, if you triple move him or yeah. you double move him, he goes 32 inches. And if you triple move him, he's going 48 inches in one turn, which is kind of silly. I've definitely done that where I've captured an enemy outpost from my own deployment zone uh, mm. because because <laughs> I drew the card. My biggest thing I can tell everybody at Magnus, 440 points, he is not a drop in the ocean. Um, he is, you know, damn near a quarter of your army. But he is a platform and a chassis that benefits from 80% of the rules we just read out in this book. Just about every Cabal ritual, just about every stratagem, uh, it can be used on Magnus to great effect. And that's the biggest, best thing I can say about the guy. Um, he just makes use of the entire book on a single model. And I think that is just a beautiful place. And I wish all the Primarchs uh, the best of luck trying to reach such lofty heights. Yeah, no, for sure. He's um, he's really good. And I think um, he's almost a must-take in, in, every, in every list you see. He's just too mm. good. It's exactly right. He's just, he, I mean, how, how much How much is, a, is 10 Scarabacol Terminators? I'm just going to quickly look that up. Oh, it's like 400. Mm, it is. It's 400, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 430. 10 more points you can get Magnus. Magnus, infinitely better. <laughs> infinitely yeah. better, unfortunately. Uh, even though the Scarab Occult is still okay. Alright, um, which HQ should we look at next? Um, so I am a huge fan of the Infernal Master. Alright, tell us the story, mate. So the Infernal Master is um, a Generates two cabal points, which is which is great. Lots of characters generate one. For most of the regular characters, some generate two. Um, when he's leading a unit, that whole, the whole unit gets sustained hits. Uh, this can be fantastic when you're in something like, uh, say, the, a Balter squad. Um, but yep. still useful when you have some of the other um, weapons in your in well, your rubric squads. Sorry to interrupt, but in addition, it frees up that unit, so it gets more mileage from, say, lethal hits from, say, the devastating wounds as well, because it still essentially has the other one of those uh, army buffs. Yep. Produces that um, that need. Also, um, he has the ability to once per turn, he can change one of his hit, wound, or damage rolls um, into an unmodified six after you've um, or saving throw, excuse me, into an unmodified six after you've um, already rolled it. It's kind of like that so, messenger ability I have. Tell us about this guy's gun, because this is essentially the yeah. buy-in, is that he has the super flamer, you know, akin to a Flower Blightspawn, akin to a, I guess, a tech, tech uh, Priest Manipulus as well, has a similar a similar um, profile or claim to fame. What is this gun? Uh, this gun is bananas. So um, first off, it's it's a flamer. Um, there's a non-hazardous version. We're not going to talk about that because, you know, uh, you just... Just we know why we're here. Hazards, we know yeah. what we're here for. Mom and I raised one, so we're gonna do the uh, Screamer Invocation Focus Witchfire. It has a range of 18 inches, as a, which as a flamer Ooh. with Overwatch potential is bananas. Um, wait, wait, wait. Strong. Sorry to back you up for a second. So you're saying for a CP you can make that 27 inches? Uh, you sure can. Um, oh. Pretty good. Disgusting. Um, it has two D6 shots, strength six, AP two, one damage. Now. Again, you might think, I mean, the range is great, the number of shots is great. 621, it's like, okay, that's that's okay. But you start to really layer some of these buffs, it gets pretty out of hand. So if you have the Arcane Vortex, suddenly that becomes Strength 7, AP 2, 2 damage. Mm-hmm. If you have Devastating Wounds, then suddenly you're, you know, all your 6s are going to be um, 
are going to be um, ignoring armor saves. If you uh, re-roll hits and wounds for psychic weapons, suddenly that flamer re-rolls all of its wounds. If you're near Magnus, it gets plus one to wound. It mm-hmm. just it starts to really get out of control once you start to do things. And then after all of that, if one of your ones one of your attacks is a one, you flip that into a six, get a dev- free devastating wound. Oh, exactly right. No matter what, you're getting some dev wounds if you're in that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to call the what, what was the army rule called? Kabbalah's something 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 sorcerer. If you're in that something something sorcerer, <laughs> you get your, you're going to get some at least two dev wounds through. And uh, I I want to say this guy is now my current scourge of the of the custodies um, because <laughs> his dev wounds is just next level. Strength seven plus one to wound. Absolutely scorching uh, custodian guard from the face of the earth. How many points does this guy run you? Is it 95? Uh, he's 95, and then you usually stick some enhancements on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, um, next one, mate. Uh, probably Exalted Sork or the regular Sork. Which one would you like to? Um, so uh, I think the probably the regular Sorcerer, because i got a bunch of those on my list. Um, so the Thousand Suns Sorcerer um, is... Uh, just a you know little little foot boy. Um, he uh, he gives his whole unit um, uh, lethal hits. Um, mm-hmm. which you know I tend to play flamers, so I actually I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even realize he did that. Um, well that's cool. Um, <laughs> he has uh his main ability that I really th- that I like him for is whenever he's leading a unit, um, that whole unit gets blown up outside of 18 inches. Um, so you can't target yeah. him unless you attack models within 18 inches. And in a world of night spinners. That's necessary. So um, necessary, you, man. Yeah, it lets you sit on the board, generate cabal points, which again is kind of that balance for cabal point economy, and not get shot. Force your opponent to actually engage you, which is what Thousand Suns want. They want your opponent mm. to fight so you can just tape them. And it actually has a, re- a quite a relevant gun to add to <laughs> what a rubric, bananas. What, um, to add to what a rubric unit already has. So it's very complementary yeah. to what a rubric unit does. But yeah, tell us about the Fires of the Abyss, absolute <laughs> metal album cover. Yeah, it's a it's a twelve inch range gun or nineteen if you use a strat. Um, it has two d six shots, hits on two, strength five, AP one, one damage. Uh, again, same kind of buffs you can layer. And one other key rule, which is slightly important: <laughs> sustain hits three. Oh um, man, this thing pops off. Um, I've definitely shot it where I've got maybe like eight shots and then rolled like five sixes and just had a mm-hmm. fistful of dice, mm-hmm. all of which can be devastating wounds, all of which can be plus one to wound, all of which can re-roll. This guy can just go absolutely bananas. He's also incredibly good at overwatching because every hit becomes four hits. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's I've, a pistol, which means you also get to shoot his flamer pistol at the same time. That's Right. I was about to say one of the other keywords here is it's pistol. I once saw a game where a uh, a, a, a lovely gentleman got a single unit of Necron Warriors into combat with two of these guys, two, two five-man rubrics with two sorcerers in it. And man, the regret on his face when the guy <laughs> popped off his pistols in his turn and just smashed three quarters of the unit dead. It was hilarious to see. Uh, just so unexpected as well. Absolutely. It's really good. And he has um, another key thing, a lot of these characters that I'm, we're talking about, the grenade keyword is hard to hard to come by in this army, but a lot of the yep. characters tend to have it. Infernal Master and Sorcerer both have the keyword, so that's good to know. Fantastic. All right, let's let's move on to the the workhorses of the dustiest of dusty boys, the Rubric Marines, because this is the little engine that could. I argue, and I've also like I've got like uh, uh, we're pretty much going to do this in part two because I'm going to challenge myself and Brian to think of a better, more flexible battle line unit than the humble Rubric Marine. Tell us a story about these guys, mate. Why are they so good? Um, these guys are, first of all, their battle lines are the two OC, which is, which is nice. Um, 
they're only 105 points for five of them, uh, which is bananas cheap. Um, they have a core rule that says anytime they make a range attack, they get reroll wound rolls one. However, if you're targeting an enemy, which is on an objective marker that you don't control, um, then you get to reroll all the wounds. That, by the way, transfers over to any characters that they might be leading as well. Mm. Um, they get to take an icon of flame, so every time they roll a six to wound, or a critical wound, excuse me, um, they get to improve the AP by one. And then they yeah. get some really cool weapons. Um, this army, this unit, if you ever played against it, I'm sure you felt like your opponent is just rolling a million attacks mm-hmm. because they just have a million guns. Um, the sergeant has uh, uh, two little mine lasers called Warp Smite, uh, two attacks, range 18 inches, anti-infantry four, dev wounds, it's a pistol, it's psychic, strength four, mm-hmm. AP three. Um, so that's great already. We haven't even gotten to his second gun, which is a flamer pistol. D6 shots, strength three, AP one, one damage. Um, the other options you can take with the unit are uh, a warp flamer, uh, which yep. is what I tend to take because uh, I want to be close to people. Um, and I, it ignores cover. It's a flamer, 12-inch range, torrent, D6 shots, strength 4, AP1, 1 damage. The um, fact, you could also... Sorry? Th- sorry, sorry, mate. The fact that your basic, your basic Bs, your basic basic troops can have each have a flamer with that auto hits with ignores cover and an AP. And, a, and, and it's, it's so crazy to me. But continue. Oh, I, I just had to interrupt because the war flamer yeah. breaks my brain. I yeah. look at I look at my guardsmen, yeah, and I'm like, how many guardsmen equals a warp flamer rubric marine? And it's probably <laughs> more than one squad of guardsmen, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so yeah, it's, sorry, it's I just had it's to say that. Strong. Uh, you can take the bolters. Uh, the bolters um, uh, allow you to synergize well with that strat. Um, they're just regular bolt gun, except they have an AP one because they have magic bullets. Um, is what I assume is the case. Uh, uh, and so, in a, in addition, they're not rapid fire; they're just two shots of twenty four inches, which is a little oh, yes, better than course. the regular one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, then you uh, can take a uh, quote unquote heavy weapon uh, called the Soul Reaper Cannon. It's like this giant chain gun that does devastating wounds, twenty four inch range, six shots, hits on three, strength six, AP one, one damage. Yep. Um, and and all these abilities, all the flamers, all the bolters, everything. You're re-rolling wounds most of the time because your opponent needs to hold objectives mm. to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as you position carefully, you can do things like put one model on the objective, flame the unit that's on the objective while they're controlling it, kill the whole unit. Now you control the objective, um, and you got the full rerolls. Uh, yeah, exactly right. I got to say, especially when you, uh, when yeah, when you tag in the fact that you have access to devastating wounds, you know, army wide, and rerolls to wound. These guys are just perfect made objective flipping machines. They flip objectives. Yeah, you, you need to hold it with a baby knight. <laughs> to, like you need a war dog on an objective to sometimes not lose it to five rubrics and a character. Like and it, even it's, um, the, the other thing we forgot to mention is the fact that they also the entire unit has a five up in bond save. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is really funny because a lot of people complained that um, all his dust went away, which is a lot of the time was the uh, in two previous editions was a plus one save against damage one weapons, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, all his dust, and, and now that's just being completely deleted. Doesn't doesn't exist anymore. But they're still for the points for one hundred and five points. Damn, damn, they're good. Incredibly, incredibly efficient. So good. Um, I mean. How much do people pay for berserkers? I mean, I know plague marines. I'm, I'm talking about the cult, the cult marines right now. Noise, noise marines. Never heard of them. No idea what they do. 
No one's playing them. Um, but uh, Plague Marines are pr- priced to move. They are so, so good for the points. Um, and yeah, Berserkers, yeah. I'm actually I'm starting to see Berserkers again, but not en masse like they are with uh, Plague Marines and Rubrics. These these guys are just bread and butter, right? This is this is this yeah. is almost your build around unit. I mean, I'm I'm playing six units in my army, so yeah, hundred percent. You're a savage. Yeah. You're a savage. Um, what else should we speak to, mate? Pick another couple of uh, data sheets, and then we'll. Um, sign so in. we definitely should mention the discover called Terminators. Uh, this is another build that people tend to will go towards if they're not mm-hmm. taking a ton of rubric marines. They'll take these discover called Terminators, which are uh, three wound Terminator models, T five four pinfall saves. Um, when they um, are being led by a unit, they get the um, kind of the um, warden rule where they are minus one to the wound roll if they're higher strength than their toughness. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a couple heavy weapons, a bunch of bunch of bolters, solar brigand, just a kind of similar kind of warp smite um, that the, uh, the infantry unit has. Um, they're hard to push. If they turn off armor saves, they can be quite deadly. Typically, people will take like a Terminator character, um, put it in the unit, give them the crystal, then this unit mm-hmm. can teleport, and then it can move again, and it can shoot around corners, and it can be quite um, quite strong there. Yeah, I, I do agree. What's your best loadout? Do you still go the uh, Soul Reapers and the Missile Racks? Uh, yeah, I would definitely do the, the Missile Racks. I think uh, one thing that's Army sometimes can struggle with is the ability to kind of reach out and touch something really far away mm. without committing resources. And so um, having the missile racks is a way to kind of, you know, do that a little bit, open up some rhinos and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause is it, am I right in thinking that you, can you take the, the warp flame and the missile racks? Uh, you can take the, not the heavy warp flamer, I don't think, but I think it's a soul reaper. Let's see. Uh, so one coming bolt can be placed with a heavy. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can take both. Yeah. Yeah, if you wanted to extra extra flame, sure. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Any other data sheets worth noting, mate? Um, yeah, so uh I think probably the the one that should definitely be mentioned is the Mutilex Vortex Beast. Mutilex Vortex yes. Beast. Me. Uh this boy is uh something otherworldly. He's pretty the model is incredible. Dude. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but you should definitely check it out if you haven't. Viable for the first time in recorded history. Just putting it yes. out. Yes, and it was, it, was, a... it was rare as gold before WGC. Trash tier level never heard of prior to this index, but tell us the story, mate. Um, it's real cool. It's 165 points, which for this data sheet is actually pretty pretty cheap. Um, it moves 10. It's T10, 13 wounds. It's got a 4-up save with a 5-up involved, so it's got a 5-up involved, basically. Um, but it's got a feel no pain of 5+. Um, so that makes it pretty tanky. 13 wounds mm. with a rerollable five up effectively is is means a, roughly half your wounds, half the damage you put in actually goes through. Um, he's got a really cool ability where if you're at the end of your movement phase, every enemy unit within six inches, um, you roll dice and you start to take dish out mortal wounds, kind of like a um, the uh, what's the tyrannic creature, the malice scepter kind of thing, where yep. you know, does this aura thing. Um, that's great for taking away. Uh, screens or make it so your opponent gets punished for trying to like really overload into something um moving 10 inches means you can double move it as well you can go 20 inches yep. if you want to um one of the really cool rule it has is while thousand sons wizard is within six inches of the model every time you use a ritual you can double the range so that means you can doom bolt from 36 inches away 36. um yeah. you can double move something that is 36 inches away you know, you can turn off a save from something 36 inches away. It suddenly makes your army, which is otherwise really close range, um, 
able to do some really quite interesting things. You could turn off a save from from 36 away and then have Magnus go up to 33 inches, and now suddenly you're shooting something without a save without committing anything from 33 inches away. Um, it has three ranged weapons. Uh, yes, or, yeah, three. Well, the... three three versions of the same of the same. Yeah, weapon. you can yes. pick one of them. Um, one is uh, is D6 plus three, strength nine, AP two two, damage blast within 24. Hits on threes. It's pretty solid, very nice, respectable. Yeah. Um, then it has a uh, torn version, which is two uh, D six shots, strength six, AP one, 12 inch range. You're not really going to take that. I don't think usually the other version will just be better in most use cases. And then it has um, uh, what I like, people like to call as an eyeball laser. Mm -hmm. um, one shot, hits on threes, strength 18, minus four damage, D6 plus six damage. Deficit. Crazy. Seeing strength uh, 18 <laughs> on, on a non-Titan weapon, on a non-Knight or, you know, Shadow Sword is, is pretty good. Absolutely. It's really, it's really quite strong. Um, I wish I wish it was a little bit longer range, but fair enough. And yeah, the the warp vortex, of course, is the weakest one. The only thing the only thing to do with that is to threaten an Overwatch, I guess. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, so many flamers. Who would have thought? Who would have thought this <laughs> army was the army of flamers? Um, on that note, we might wrap it up. But before we do, there's two metrics upon which we measure these indexes. The first and foremost of which is as a Thousand Suns player, how happy are you with this index, and how happy do you think Thousand Suns players should be with this index? I think incredibly happy. I mean, every single unit in this book, besides possibly the goat people, the Zangors, um, are um, the foot ones, is is viable, is is good, is worth considering taking. Um, even the kind of the afterthoughts of the like chaos converted over things like Keldrake, stuff like that, still kind of cool. Um, mm. The the problem you have is you want to take it all, and that's the sign. I think that an index is pretty good. You know, if you want to take it all, not yeah. there's things you don't take. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think you should be... Well, sorry, usually we do that out of 10, sorry. Out of 10, how happy do you think people should be? Um, I would probably put this as uh, 7 or 8. Yeah. The, uh, on release, I 110% agree that, that Thousand Suns players would be like an 8 out of 10 happy with this. Mm -hmm. um, I, they probably would have been like, they lost points because it didn't come out with some new models or you know anything added to the range. Um, I Right now, I think it's probably, yeah, probably a 7. And I say that just because of the lack of viability of other data sheets it just it really does just seem mate like very much similar to your list which we're going to unpack in a minute that it is just how many characters can i buy without having without not having enough models to play the game and then slap the strap them all to rubric marines it doesn't seem like there's any really other viable choices i've seen some people you know take a single unit of spawn single unit of enlightened but it seems very bland unit choice wise and i think that's the only reason it loses points those those units still do a lot still do a lot of very exciting things and you're only the the, the great thing about it is like <laughs> you, 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 the army the collection of army that you need is literally control c control v rubrics you only need about 30 of the guys a couple of rhinos and then just whichever characters look cool and your army's that, probably that, good that enough. is true um the, the one thing i will mention though is that some of the other data sheets um things like forge fiends and and yeah. uh and and predators and stuff like that um, become interesting because of the fact that they can double move. Um, oh yeah. So so that's that's why like I, I was actually for a while there was considering a predator destructor or two um, taking my list um, specifically because of the fact that you can do some really interesting things with like double moving them and getting angles and stuff that other armies might struggle with. So it's it's a side of things to consider. But you know, largely you're right. It's uh you're taking you're taking the best data sheets which are just mm. pushed real hard. Um, but I do think there is some argument for the other items. 
What are you saying, mate? You're saying that the Hellbrute isn't the bee's knees. What is going on? <laughs> the Hellbrute has a cool rule, actually. Which I it know does. The other day. Yeah. Nothing uh, else like, is cool about it, but the, <laughs> yeah, uh, the rule is cool. <laughs> the name's pretty sweet. It's pretty fire. Uh, it is, yeah, it's pretty. Anyway, on that note, mate, we're going to wrap up this part one. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed that journey through the Thousand Suns Index. Uh, I actually, every time... Uh, did you, there are some factions in the game that I know other people, you know, you are susceptible to a faction that you, you don't play it, but you look at it and you're like, ooh, maybe one day. And uh, I always do that every time I review a, thesis, a, a Thousand Suns piece of content. I'm like, ah, oh, the dusty call is strong with this one. Yeah, yeah, the most funny can have with pants on. It's amazing. But anyway, mate, anything you'd like to plug or anyone you'd like to shout out uh, before we check out? Um, no, just uh, keep an eye on uh, on 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 Scotland at the World Champs. Um, you know, see how we see how we did. It's just Ennis, myself, and uh, one lonely Age of Sigmar boy. But we're gonna bring home the gold, I believe. Hell yeah, hell yeah, mate! All right, on that note, uh, we are out. And dude, yeah, uh, I know we're recording this before the World Championships, but good freaking luck, mate! I'm gonna get you to Babe Ruth your shot into the bleachers over in part two. So hopefully, you guys will join us there. See you soon. Take care. Look after yourselves. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.